Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. We are bringing this, um, this chapter to a conclusion. I was going to say series. We're nowhere close to the series coming to a conclusion. Uh, but we are bringing this chapter to a conclusion. And uh, we are down to the last couple of verses. Verses 19 through 24 mark the, this next section, which is tw- verse 24 is the end of the chapter. The thought, however, begins in verse 18. So I'm going to begin in verse 18 and read through to the verse we're going to deal with today, um, which is verse 21. First John chapter 3 and verse 18, it's a, it, the Apostle John again is writing and he says, My little children, he says, Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Verse 19, and he says, By this we know that we are of the truth, or born of God, and shall assure or literally persuade our hearts before him in his presence. Verse 20, He says, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Now, I want you to notice that he says that if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. And remember again in verse 19, he he said, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. The apostle John's focus is on our heart right now. And he wants to make sure this is where the center of power is. If our hearts are confident before him, then the things that we pray will begin to happen. The things that we believe for will begin to happen. I want you to go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. I want to look at verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have the faith of God. That's that's actually can be translated either way. Faith in God and the faith of God are are so closely connected, you really can't separate them. Even though they are different, but they are connected. Amen? And he says here, for assuredly I say to you, whosoever... I I could preach on that, but I won't today. Okay, (laughs) we go to verse 23. He says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Does not doubt in his heart. He says, but believes that those things which he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. I want you to notice something. That Jesus said that if you believe in your heart, things will begin to work. Mountains will begin to move. Amen? And what the Apostle John is doing is saying, listen, in order to have that kind of mountain moving faith, you need to be confident before God. If you don't have confidence before God, if your heart condemns you, you are not going to move mountains. Can I get amen on that? And so this is why, you know, remember again, this is the apostle that nobody could kill. You know, this, this, this man was impossible to kill. We're beginning to understand why now, okay? He had some tremendous truths working in his life. And he's going to reveal some things in the next couple of verses that are just outstanding. But I want you to notice that he knew how to keep his heart right before God. He knew the thing, and it, it is something extraordinary that he says, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, which he is telling us something now. Even he must have had things that he was taught that was wrong. That God said is okay. And he knew not to allow his heart to condemn him when God said there wasn't a problem. Are you all with me? You know, one of the things that uh, we can, if I had time to go and look at all of this, uh, but in Romans, I believe, chapter 14, somewhere around there, um, you find that the Apostle Paul deals with all these, you know, holy days and, 
the, you know, things to eat and all that stuff. And he says the kingdom of God isn't all about that. Even though some people will insist that they can eat this and they can't eat that. And, you know, they've got to do this on that day. And that day has to be holy. And you can't have church any other day. And, you know, people have all of these ideas. And their heart condemns them over things that God says, I don't care. Are you all with me? And so that's what he's not talking about moral issues. He's not talking about, you know, killing somebody and feeling okay about it. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Those are bad things. Don't do things like that. Amen? So he's talking about things that, you know, their lifestyle choices and that sort of area. What we call the ceremonial law. Okay, I don't want to get all technical on you. But what the moral law is different to the ceremonial law. And it's a ceremonial law that everybody gets in trouble with. Everybody's got these issues with this, that, and everything else. You know, and again, you know, all things are created by him and for him. And listen, just because, uh, can I just say this as well? Just because you're okay with something and somebody isn't, respect them. You hear what I'm saying? And if they're not okay with it, then you just, you'd be not okay with it as well for that time. That's why the Apostle Paul said, to the Jew, I'm a Jew. To the Greek, I'm a Greek. You know, you know can I translate that? To the guy that doesn't eat pork, I don't eat pork. <laughs> to the guy that eats pork, he says, bring me another slap. Okay, all right, you know, he's saying, listen, it's okay. I don't have an issue with that because God doesn't have an issue with that. Are you all here? So he's saying, listen, if it's an issue to somebody, then respect that because he said, don't let somebody fall in some area because you went and did something that that to them they thought was wrong. Are you all here? Amen? Okay. I don't want to get into all that, which I kind of did. I, I, right? uh, and listen, you know, different people have different reasons for doing different things. They don't need to explain their whole life to you in order to do something. I know people in our church, you know, have different views on things. I'm good with that. If, if, you know, if there's an issue, I'm okay with that. Amen. Uh, and that's the way we're meant to be. Because that's how love works. Love doesn't look, un, you know, to its own. It's always looking to others. What they need. Amen? Amen. And the Apostle John actually talked about this just before, a couple of verses before, when he said, this is the love of God that we look out for one another. We love the brethren. Amen? And that's how we love the brethren. Anyway, let's move forward again. So I want you to understand something here. There are different things that our heart will condemn us over. We need to be careful. And the point I'm trying to make here is we need to be careful if our heart is condemning us over something. That it is something from the Word of God, not something that we've been taught. Something that we thought was not right. And notice the Apostle John says, if our heart condemn us, I, <laughs> I will guarantee you there were things that his heart condemned him over that God said was not a problem. And he says here, God is greater than our heart. Because notice he goes on to say in, in, verse, I'm in 1 John 3.20 now, he says, Because he knows all things. Amen? In other words, there must be an area in our life, if if our heart is condemning us over something, we lack knowledge in something. That's why Hosea says in Hosea 4.6, he quotes God saying, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They don't know certain things and because of that it's destroying them. And if we don't know something and we're letting our heart condemn us and we're not able to move the mountain, hello, And we're saying, God, you know, we're trying to believe for this and it's not working. Because every time we try to do something, something on the inside of us blocks us. Listen, if we learn, I made mention of this before as well. You know, we've been trained to use our intellect 
more than our faith, more than our heart. From the day we see that <laughs> I was say, saying to, to, to the other group, I, I said, you know, if, if there's a rock about to hit us, okay, we can calculate how far it is away from us, how great the impact is going to be, how much of our house is going to be left over, right down to the centimeter almost, but we can't do anything to stop the thing. Do you understand? Because that's what the devil has done. He has elevated intellect above faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. It never said if you're dumb, okay? It had nothing to do with your intellect. It was faith that was required. Isn't it interesting? You know, people are on different levels intellectually. But we all have a heart. We can all love the same. We can all hate the same. We can all believe the same. That's a level playing field. Are you all with me? In fact, sometimes I think our head gets in the way of our heart. Do you ever wonder how come Jesus picked not so intellectual people? <laughs> okay, you know what? He needed them to believe. Not to reason things out, but to believe. That if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. If you speak to demons, they will go. Amen? And that's what he wants from us. And that's what the Apostle John learned. And that's what he is passing on to us. Remember again, as much as you know, I love all the other apostles, they couldn't kill this one. And I, I said to you at the beginning, when we started looking at this, we need to find out why. Because I want to work, <laughs> I want to look at the guy that lived. You know what I'm saying? Great for the guy that died, but the guy that lived, that's what I want to know. How'd you live? What allowed you to live through everything else the other ones didn't live through? Oh, they tried to kill him so many different times. And he didn't go until he was good and ready. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Okay, so uh, we're not, this is not our verse for today. <laughs> Let's continue on. So he says again, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Let's move on to the next verse. And he says, beloved, and this is the verse we want to look at today. He says, if our heart does not condemn us, watch this, we have confidence toward God. So he says, listen, if you're dealing with a heart that's condemning you, then you know what? God is greater than your heart. He knows all things. Whatever the situation is, let him reveal what you need to know in order to get past that condemnation so that you can get to this place where your heart doesn't condemn you anymore. Because if your heart doesn't condemn you, then you have confidence before God. I tell you, family, if you have confidence before God, mountains get nervous. Okay, because here come the person that removes them and does, you know, does to them what Jesus said, cast them into the ocean. You know, that's a bad place for a mountain to be. Amen. I mean, when you relocate a mountain into the ocean, there's no more evidence the thing ever existed. If you move it from here to there, somebody will go, well, there's a mountain. Okay, but understand when God gets rid of a mountain in your life, whether it's figurative or literal, okay? The thing, you will never be able to find it again. Not when God does it. Amen. Hallelujah. So, in his commentary, let's, let's look at this verse now. I, Howard Marshall says that if we can set our hearts at rest by remembering that God is greater than our hearts and knows everything, then our hearts will no longer condemn us and we shall be able to approach God with boldness. This is a key thing. Such boldness is expressed in making requests to God. 
In other words, when you go to God, you don't go to God kind of going, oh God, I, don't, I hope you don't hit me, <laughs> okay? You go in bold. You go in expecting. See, this is why I love 1 John 1, 9. If we confess, if we acknowledge our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness so that when we go into the throne room, there is nothing to condemn us. We stand before God absolutely perfect. Amen. That's confidence. See, one of the problems that the body of Christ has, it's got what, what we call a sin consciousness. Every time they go to God, they think, <laughs> I used to, this used to happen when somebody used to come up to pray for me. And I used to think, oh my God, this is before I go and preach, okay? I, I used to think, oh my God, God's going to tell him all the bad things I've done this week. And they're going to come up to me. And, and before I can even tell them all the things that I need from God and whatever I'm believing for, they're going to go, oh, I will, I will not touch this unclean thing. Naughty. What did you do? What? I know what you did. Yeah, I used to always go up just really worried. And that this guy would just read my, you know, my file and say, no, you know, that day you kicked the cat. This day was mean to your mother. And, not that I was. Okay, and, and, and never kicked the cat. But, you know, I mean, he'll just go down and I'll be like, oh, my Lord. Okay, and, you know, and, and, and then when you get to, what do you want? No, nothing. I just want to go and sit down now. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I always think of people going to the throne of God this, that way. That they go to the throne and think, oh, God knows everything. And he's just going to just, he's going to look at you and go, are you kidding me? Are you really here to ask me something after what you've done? I know what you've done. But listen, if we confess our sin, if we acknowledge our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sin, not just half of it, and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, so that when we come to him, that's why that's the first thing you do whenever you start your prayer is to say, Lord, whatever it is, if I've done anything, please forgive me. You say, well, bless God, I don't need that. I didn't sin today. Well, you just did. That's called pride. <laughs> okay, all right now. Okay, listen, just, just say that. Just go in and say, whatever it is, Lord, it might have been something that I didn't even know I was doing that I did. And if there's nothing comes back, you're good. But just always go in there, start with that, so that the road is clear, so that when you go to that throne of grace, hallelujah, you can go in boldly. In fact, that's what we're going to look at. Let me read something first. No, in fact, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. This is what we actually see that relates, Hebrews 4.16, that relates to what uh, I Howard Marshall said such boldness is expressed in making requests to God. The writer of Hebrews says, let us, come, uh, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. I love this. It's a throne, not of judgment. Amen? It is a throne of grace. Everybody talks about the judgment of God. And yet the throne that we approach is one of grace. And watch what you get. That we may obtain what? What we deserve, it says that we may obtain mercy. Do you understand what mercy is? Mercy is when you've done something very naughty, okay, and you approach God and he doesn't penalize you for it. When you did something wrong or when somebody's done something wrong, do you know the one word that comes out of their mouth when they're about to be executed? Mercy. 
you understand? Because that's all they have is mercy. And guess what? Whenever we go to the throne of God, that's what we obtain. We obtain mercy. In other words, God says, despite everything that you have done, I will still bless you. Because you are my son, because you are my daughter. Amen. Remember how all this started. Beloved, now are we the children of God. Amen. Amen. So notice he says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Remember again, such boldness is expressed in making requests to God. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let me just define what grace is. Grace is the lack in your life that God makes up for. The thing that you can't do, that he is strength in you. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. His strength in you helps you to do that thing. That is impossible for you to do. Amen. So that's why whenever we go to God, we not only go to a, a throne of grace and obtain mercy, but we also find grace to help in our times of need. Isn't that beautiful? So whenever you, have, you, you are in trouble, understand something. This is the confidence I want to impart to you today. This is the confidence I want to give you the next time you go to God in prayer. This is what the Apostle John is saying. If our heart, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. What a powerful thing that is. Are you getting this now? Amen? As Simon J. Kissimaka put it, if our conscience is free, the avenue to the throne of grace is open. If our conscience is free, if our heart doesn't condemn us, the avenue to the throne of grace is open. What is really sad is that that throne of grace is always open to us. Jesus said, come to me all that are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Amen? And the sad thing is, when our heart condemns us, we don't go to that throne. Do you know why? Because our heart says, you don't deserve. Dot, 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 whatever. Okay, <laughs> all right? And so even though God is saying, come to me, that's why I say to people, there's one place you need to go when you do the wrong thing. Not away from God, to God. Because he is the safest place to be once you've made a mistake. Do you know why? Because a person that caused you to make that mistake is out to get you now. Once you've made a mistake, he has an open door now to come in and wreck your life. Are you all with me? But if you go see, this is what I think annoys the devil the most. I think he regrets this every time somebody makes use of it, that they do something, whether knowingly or unknowingly, they realize that they've done something wrong. They ask God for forgiveness, and in an instant of time, they're restored back to a place of perfection. And the devil can't get his hands on them at all. Are you all here? How that must frustrate the devil. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay? <laughs> We're not here to make him happy, right? Amen. Okay? All right. Because he's out to make everybody's life miserable. I'd like to do the same back. Amen. And I want you to understand something. That's what the Apostle John has given us. The ability to just in an instant of time turn the tables. Regardless of what we've done wrong, the devil has no access to us. We keep blocking him out. And we keep getting back to the place where we have confidence before God. Hallelujah. 
And that's the place I said to you before, mountains move in that place. Hallelujah. All right, let's move on. What's interesting that even though Hebrews 4.16 invites everyone to come boldly to the throne of grace, sadly not everyone responds to it simply because their heart condemns them and they don't feel worthy. This is one of those times that we have to do as the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.7, for we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. Can I translate that a little bit different? We need to walk by faith, not our feelings. <laughs> Amen? So no matter how you feel, don't allow your feelings to dictate what you do and what you don't do. If the word of God says, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in a time of need, come there, come to the throne. One of the hardest things that you will do is when you've done something wrong and you really, really, really have a, a condemning heart, God is greater than your heart. <laughs> Amen? He knows more than you and he's saying, come to me, I'll fix it. In fact, I'll show you how to get over this. Amen. Hallelujah. So, getting back to 1 John 3 and verse 21, William MacDonald makes a very valid point when he writes, Here is the attitude of one who has a clear conscience before God. Listen, it is not that this person has been living sinlessly, but rather that he or she has been quick to confess and forsake his or her sins. By doing this, he or she has confidence before God and boldness in prayer. And we discussed this before. It is not a sinless life God is looking for, even though we need to be pushing for that. What he's looking for is an honest life. A life that is quick to repent and learn to say sorry. Because in today's society, that seems to be a dirty word. Amen. People don't apologize to people these days. It's a funny thing, you know, because it's almost like if you apologize, then you, you show a sign of weakness. And then somebody can use that against you. And also, to, you know, don't let the devil play games like that. Be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Stay in right relationship with God. And regardless of what society says, if God says apologize, apologize. Because you want your relationship with him not to get in the way of what he wants to do for you. And just because somebody says, well, they apologize to me. I've got the upper hand. Sweetheart, they're the one getting blessed, not you. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> What's interesting is that the word confidence in the, in the Greek, listen, originally described the democratic right that a full citizen of a Greek city-state had to speak freely. Isn't that interesting? That word actually talks about a right to express your opinion. Amen. You had a right to speak up. Listen now. In other words, as God's children, we have been given the right and the privilege to come to God and ask anything of Him. Isn't that interesting? And that's why, besides Hebrews 4.16, we also have Jesus saying emphatically, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, he says, ask and it will be given to you. See, I love that verse because it doesn't say we'll think about it. <laughs> okay? You put in your request and we'll process the paperwork and we'll see if it's a yes or a no. Thank God <laughs> that doesn't happen in heaven. Amen? Notice he says, ask and it will be given to you. He says, seek, make an effort, 
and you will find. He says, if you find the door closed, knock. Don't just stand there. Bet your eyes at it and go, well, look, it's a closed door. Maybe God doesn't want me to do this. He says, knock, and it will be open. When do you know to knock? When God says knock. Amen. Here, don't try to... Listen now. Everybody listening? Don't try to force your way in through doors that are closed that you're not meant to be in. Amen. You know, some people, we, <laughs> we just learned how to speak to mountains, and bless God, we attacked every door that was closed. And then we got stuff that we thought God gave us that then didn't turn out so good. And then we went to God and said, what is this? It's like the guy jump out of the boat, you know, and, and wants to walk on water and start sinking. And he says, Lord, and he goes, that wasn't me. <laughs> okay? Don't jump out the boat if it wasn't God. You know what I'm trying to say? You can only walk on water if he says yes. Knock on the doors that he tells you to knock on. And they will be opened. And verse 8, Matthew 7, 8, he says, For everyone who asks receives, for he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, some days it will be open, some days... No, <laughs> it says it will be opened. There is no question. Again, all of this depends on doing what? Walking in the will of God. We're going to be talking about that. In fact, the Apostle John is uh, going to talk about that. Let me just read this. He says, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. We're going to discuss what those things exactly are. In fact, the next verse tells us what those things are. But th there is a greater application to that verse, which is why I don't want to get into it today, that we can learn from. Amen? But getting back to this, as powerful as these promises are, none of this will work for us while our hearts condemn us. And why ultimately the best way to live is to do as the Lord wills. Amen? And live a guilt-free, power-filled life. With Colin G. Cruz saying, doing what God commands and so pleasing Him is what engenders confidence when believers pray. There is something to be said about doing what you know to do is right. Amen? Don't live on the edge. You know, <laughs> some people, they just want to see how much they can get away with. You know, why do you want to live your life that way? See how much you can do that's great and amazing and pleasing to God. Let's see how far we can push that boundary. Because I tell you something, just as much as on this side, you can slip and fall and do yourself some damage. On the other side, you can slip and do something extraordinary and get blessed in a way that just blows your mind. I want to be that side. Who wants to be on that side? I, okay, don't put your hand up. All right, okay. I want to be over there, man. Let's push the boundary over there. Which is why the Apostle John, I believe, said in 1 John 1, 9, if you're pushing for that boundary and you mess up, confess it. Get it out of your system. Because we tend to attack ourselves. When we're, when we're pushing for perfection, we tend to attack ourselves. How could we make that mistake? How could we do that thing wrong? You know what I'm trying to say? Do you know why? Because we want to get better and better and better. And the way that you get over that condemnation and that heart that condemns you is to confess it. Get it out of the way. And know that God is greater than your heart. Amen? That he knows that you are doing your best. He knows all things. You don't have to convince him of anything. He sees. He knows. He will bless. Amen? Next time we come back, we will look at verse 22 because it is a powerful verse. When he says again, and whatever we ask, 
we receive from him. You know, it didn't say we will we'll receive from him. He says we receive right now from him. Amen. Again, this is all next week, all right? He says because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Please don't get um, into condemnation over that. This, this is not what you think. So you have to come back next week. No. <laughs> or, or watch this on YouTube next week. Okay? You don't want to miss the next one because it is something very specific and something that will set you free. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every head closed. Father, we thank you for that.